Welcome to the Creating from the Inside Out, Embracing and Empowering Our Unique and Creative Selves podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I talk about what it means to embrace our unique and creative selves, how we can do it, how I've learned that by embracing our creative selves and our own uniqueness, we can empower all of us. As part of this, I share how my path of embracing my unique and creative self has changed over the years, how it worked when I first started doing it, what it looks like today, and how I'm learning to do it more and more every day in the midst of the ups and downs of daily life and all that's going on in the world. And in this podcast, I share how by embracing and empowering my unique and creative self, my work, my art, and ultimately my life has changed for the better. And yours can too. So join me as we go on this journey of embracing and empowering our unique and creative selves together. Welcome back to the Creating from the Inside Out podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about taking care of ourselves, replenishing ourselves as part of our empowerment or as part of empowering ourselves. So let's dive right into this topic. So One of the things that I think is so important is thinking when it comes to thinking about empowering ourselves is thinking about what is power. And the way I think of it is power, the way I talk about it at least, our power What I'm talking about is our personal power, which is also our energy. And a great way that I like to think about it, or at least I think it's helpful and great, is almost to kind of like picture myself as having a bubble around me. And that bubble contains my energy, my own personal kind of life force energy. It's part of me. It's unique to me. Um, It's really not meant for anybody else. I come into this world with it. Um, It is no longer in physical form when I leave this, you know, body. Um, When I will transition, um, it will continue on in a different way. But while I'm in this life, I have this personal kind of this you know, kind of allotment, if you will, of personal energy. Um, And what's really helpful and what's really wonderful about empowering ourselves is that when we empower ourselves, we, we kind of rejuvenate that energy. We Think of it as being like um, an ongoing circle, if you will, um, where 
it's like we rejuvenate it and then we kind of use it up and we rejuvenate it and we then, you know, use it up, use it up doing new things and, you know, just wherever we put our energy. But the thing is, how do we replenish our energy? Um, Well, to me, the act of empowering ourselves is what does it. And there's all different kind of aspects to that with the way that I think about things um, and the way I think about this idea of empowering ourselves and especially empowering our unique and creative selves. And, but today I really want to focus on kind of replenishing that energy and rejuvenating our energy through taking care of ourselves and um, nurturing ourselves. Um, In one of the past episodes, I talked about, you know, doing things that feel good. Do we know what feels good to us? And that is a wonderful, wonderful way for us to empower ourselves. Because when we do things that we really love, or we're really excited about, that is a natural way in which our energy is you know, is rejuvenated, it's um, replenished. But there are other ways too. Um, And in this episode, I'm kind of focusing on replenishing more through self care. Um, which, you know, doing things that feel really good is part of self-care. But I kind of want to focus in this episode more on replenishing our energy when our energy has gotten depleted, when our energy has kind of gotten low, um, when we have, you know, maybe known to us or unbeknownst to us um, in our own awareness, kind of have been living in ways that haven't served us um, in, in, in all the ways that we could be serving us. We haven't been empowering ourselves as much as we could be. And but we haven't been aware of it. You know, we haven't, we haven't seen it, we haven't understood. And um, what what that means um so let me let me tie this to a very specific example because this is something that i'm living right now so um a couple of days ago i had been sitting at my computer and um and i'd been doing a lot of work at my computer launching a, a new uh a new program. And um, so a lot of sitting. And I went to, uh, I went to, I don't know, do something just really simple with the horses. Like, I think I was like reaching over to the bench to pick up a bucket to go out and feed my horses or something like that. Not even anything heavy, just kind of like bent over and all of a sudden, my back spasmed and it seized up. And, um, it was really painful and it was really scary. And I was like, Ooh, that's not good. Um, but 
And, and the reason I know it's not good is because I've had back problems. I've had back surgery. Um, as a matter of fact, well, it, there's kind of a whole history there. So, um, uh, you know, I think in general that sometimes we have certain areas or parts of our body where we hold tension. And I've always had just kind of like, even in my 20s, I've always had this thing where my lower back could kind of get tense and sore. And then when I was, um, I forget how old I was, I think I was in my late 20s. Um, I had switched from snowboard or skiing to snowboarding. And, um, and I loved it. But then the one day I fell really, really, really hard on my tailbone. Like I could not, I didn't have to go to the hospital, but I was really hurting for weeks. I couldn't snowboard again. And then it kind of took me a little while to get past that and still be a snowboarder. But, um, it really hurt my back. And, um, and then I kind of had this like off and on again, back thing, back issue, um, where if I didn't kind of keep up on my exercise or, or whatever, my back would start to hurt. Um, and then what happened is in 2005, um, I got married and, um, a month after my wedding, uh, my dad, my dad had had a terminal illness, Um, and he was going to come for the wedding and then he wasn't, he wasn't able to come, um, last minute. Uh, well, you know, it was a few weeks in advance, um, that we, we found out and realized that there was no way he could come. He was on oxygen and he had a disease called pulmonary fibrosis, which means the lungs actually harden. And, um, so he had a, a terminal disease, but it was the kind of terminal disease that's, you know, seemed like a number of people could live, you know, a number of people could live with for a number of years, but they had to be on oxygen. Um, and the reason he couldn't come to my wedding was because it was going to be too scary and complicated to kind of manage the whole oxygen thing on the airplane and, um, over on the other side of the country where I was living and where my wedding was from where he was living and, and all of that. So he didn't come to my wedding. I did have, um, and it was very sad. I did have, you know, a wonderful experience where I had like this special phone brought in so that I could, you know, talk to him, um, before I walked down the aisle and, and all of that. But basically, um, June, July, August, two months, two months and a day after I was married, my dad died. And I still remember that day crystal clear because we had friends over for dinner and I got a call from my brother and, um, he told me the news and I had, we had been planning a trip to, to, to get back there, um, to see him. And, um, you know, he was, he was gone. Um, it was, it was actually, um, his heart had given out. Um, so his heart had failed because of the stress of the lungs. Um, and, uh, it was oh so challenging. Um, I just kind of crumpled to the floor and 
oh, things were not good. Um, it was really hard. And um, if you've ever lost a parent, it is, you know what it's like as you know, it's really hard. I felt like an entire anchor of my life was gone. Um, and the fact that I didn't get to see him and oh, all of that, just there was a lot going on. So that happened um, two months and a day from the day that I got married. And it was really hard. Um, you know, we of course went to the funeral and, and, and all of that. And it was a few months later when um, I had been doing some consulting work for a company where I had to be in their office um, sitting a lot. And I remember sitting and thinking like, I don't know, the chair seemed really not comfortable and my back started to hurt. And the next thing you know, my back started to really hurt. And then my back started to really, really, really hurt. And what ended up happening is um, it got worse. And I did like I did all kinds of things. I tried exercise that didn't work. Um, I tried, you know, painkillers that didn't work. Um, I uh, did um, chiropractic and acupuncture and it didn't work. Um, I just seemed to keep getting worse and worse. And finally, you know, I had an MRI and I ended up, um, you know, being diagnosed with, with having um you know, severe disc, lower disc issues, a herniated disc, um, and they recommended surgery. And I really didn't feel comfortable doing that um, at that time, uh, especially with that doctor. Um, And it ended up that I kind of lived, oh, it was bad. It was like this state of, um, I, I had some epidural injections and they would help a little bit and then the pain would come back. Um, and, um, of course I was also, you know, doing a lot to manage the grief, uh, with, you know, as a result of my dad passing too. Um, so I, cause I knew there was a tie. I knew there was a tie between the grief of him passing and my back pain, but I didn't, um, and I'd known about that because I had, I had prior to that, I had, um, had, had a, I had studied shamanism, um, and I had studied energy medicine and I knew about energy and I knew about energy and the body and, and, um, how disease starts and, and all of that. But this seemed to not be something that I could you know, kind of change. Um, and it ended up being that, uh, you know, it was, it was really bad. I, I, I was not able to sit. I wasn't able to work. Um, long story short, uh, we ended up moving across country. I somehow managed to drive with my husband across country, um, while we had our stuff shipped. Um, and, uh, and then we moved to Philadelphia to be closer to my mom. Um, and my back pain continued in Philadelphia where we moved. And, um, eventually what ended up happening is 
I ended up, I tried physical therapy. It wasn't working. Um, I wasn't really able to function. I mean, I was a early 30s something woman that had previously, I mean, I previously used to run, um, which probably also contributed to the pounding of my back. But um, I used to run like 10 miles a day. And um, since my back had started being a problem, I couldn't run at all. So I'd also like was mourning the loss of this, you know, amazing exercise that really centered me and connected me. Um, so it was it was really tough. And it was about, um, I think it was like a year and a half of just really not doing well. I was on a ton of painkillers. They still didn't help. Um, I wasn't able to live a normal life. There was like one point where I had to use a walker. Um, I just didn't know if my life was ever going to be what it had been before, um, where I'd been active and, and doing all kinds of things. I literally just did not know. And, um, there came a time when uh, I was working with, you know, some new doctors in Philadelphia now, and they brought up surgery again. And um, there were two surgeries that they had recommended. They had recommended a microdiscectomy, um, which was less invasive, but they really thought that that wouldn't solve my problem. They thought that what I needed was a um, kind of like a uh, disc replacement Um uh, fusion type of surgery. And, um, I didn't want to go down that road. Uh, it just did not feel right to me, but I finally had the microdiscectomy. And, um, even though it wasn't supposed to really solve my problem, it did. Um, I recovered from the surgery and um, I started to be able to live without pain and I started to be able to, you know, kind of get my life back. And, you know, and all through that time, I had no idea, you know, if I would ever be able to have kids or, or anything like that. But I, you know, I did go on to, to have kids and, and, you know, be able to function again. The one, the one big thing that I haven't been able to resume is, um, I've never been able to resume running. I tried to start that again a number of years after, and it started to cause more back pain again. And so I just decided that I wouldn't push it. Um, but I had this, you know, successful surgery and, um, and then since then I've had, you know, I've had episodes where my back has um, gone out and I typically have been very good about doing a lot of exercise and keeping myself strong and there's a lot to do with diet and um, things I've discovered about health and wellness um, that I, I've learned along my way that I practice um, that really has helped. So now here we are many, many, many years later, because I had surgery in, what was it? 2000, I think it was the end of 2006. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so it was the end of 2000, I think it was the end of 2006 or early 2007, somewhere in that time period. I can't quite remember. It was really, really not something I really kind of wanted to remember because it was just a really challenging experience. But um, here I am now, fast forward 2023. It's been many years, right? And I've had different bouts where my back has kind of been problem, you know, been a problem and, and, you know, minor, minor things here and there where I would just kind of like take it easy for the rest of the day and then I would be fine. But now here I was a few days ago where, um, I just kind of like bent the wrong way to pick up a bucket and my back seized up in the same kind of really strong way that it had many years ago. And, um, and I was like, okay, I just, you know, I'm sure this will be fine. I just put an ice pack on, but it's gotten worse and it's gotten worse. And I've had it now for a few days. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned about empowerment is listening to all the parts of ourselves, listening to our hearts listening to our soul, you know, our souls, listening to our feelings, listening to um, our minds and our thoughts. Um, And there's a whole kind of caveat to that, because there's a lot of thoughts that aren't really our thoughts, they're thoughts and beliefs that we've taken on by default, because of how we grew up, or they've, we've taken them on, because culturally, that's what people have said. And so we believe it. I'm, I'm talking more about when we empower ourselves with our minds, we start to learn how to, um, to understand, to empower ourselves with our minds, with that which we find is truly true for us within ourselves. But that's a whole different conversation. What I want to talk about is the other thing, the other aspect that we listen to as part of our empowering ourselves, or this is what I believe, is we need to listen to our bodies. And this is something that... um, Oh, I would say that I have been the slowest in adopting in my life. So like um, many years ago, you know, I started to really listen to my own inner self, my own inner guidance, my soul. Um, I've gone through a big journey of learning to start to really be open to all of my feelings and really listen to all of my feelings. Um, But listening to my body is something that is kind of a something that is still definitely a work in progress. I mean, all of it is a work in progress, empowering myself and what I believe is the job of empowering ourselves, I believe, is an ongoing practice. Because, you know, the way I empower myself years ago, and the way I empower myself today is different, because I've had different experiences. I'm I'm different in my awareness and in my knowing now than what I was 
before. So what I know about how to empower myself now and how to practice doing it now and what I will learn tomorrow and the next day will all evolve and grow. Um, It's not a one and done thing, but empowering myself by listening to my body is probably where I have been the most um, just, you know, haven't done it as much as the other things. And so, of course, here we are. Um, and, and, you know, and I've had lots of opportunities to listen to my body. And I've had to um, do a lot of things to listen to my body. So like I've had a lot of other health things. I had um, Lyme disease. I got bit by a tick when my um, when I was pregnant with my first son and I gave birth with full-blown Lyme disease and then I got really, really sick um, after he was born um, and kept going into the hospital and, um, you know, that was my body speaking to me. Um, I, I had um, Hashimoto's disease and hypothyroidism. That was my body speaking to me. So I'm not saying I haven't done things to understand what my body is telling me. Um, I have. As a matter of fact, I've also had family members that have had a lot of health stuff happen that really has helped me see and really understand more about the connection between our energy and our physical health, and our bodies, and what our bodies are telling us. So it's not like I'm new to the subject at all. I've been practicing it. But I feel like in the scheme of the things that I'm practicing, or that I've, I've really kind of known the most about, I kind of feel like I'm a little, I'm a little, um, I'm a little like less in the body listening area. Um, because I've had this kind of thing, like, well, you know, it's fine. I just, I mean, it's culturally what we're taught. We're often not taught to listen to our bodies. Like, how many times do we, um, I remember going into a loving taking spinning classes. And I remember one day finally realizing that I would get really annoyed in the spin class when the teacher would be like, push past your pain, push past what you're feeling, push past this. And I finally was like, oh my God, you know, I mean, if I just blindly push past my body and what it's telling me, how am I benefiting my body? And it seems so kind of crazy because here I was doing this spin class and everybody's doing all these spinning classes to get these like better and more fit bodies, but doing it by pushing past listening to our own bodies, it was a big wake up call. Like, holy, you know, holy smokes. I'm trying to avoid swearing here. So holy smokes, um, you know, I need to listen to my body. And so um, what I know is that when our bodies are communicating something to us with a physical symptom or, um, well, mostly it's physical symptom or just, you know, it's like we're not feeling good in our bodies. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And the question is, what is the reason? And the question is, what can we do about it? Well, one of the first things, like I said, that many of us do about it, myself included, is the default 
is just to kind of ignore it kind of like like oh or put like a quick band-aid on it and then go back to doing what it is we think we should be doing like what our minds are telling us to do really not our minds it's what like we think we're being told by our minds but it's kind of gets back to this like beliefs of what we need to do etc etc but again that's another topic but when our body is speaking to us it's speaking to us for a reason and the question is what is it communicating and this is a really really big thing now here I am you know my body is telling me something my back is telling me something and it didn't just go away it didn't just go away you know I um and I started to think about I started to think about you know because I've had a lot of time kind of sitting down and laying down and not being able to do things that I could do like I I can't really um I can't really stand up. I can't really, um, I can't do any horse chores. I can't, um, feed the animals. Like it's kind of all on my husband right now. Um, I sometimes have moments where I can kind of do a little more and then, and then it just seems like I've pushed it too far. So now I am trying to just take it really easy and listen to my body. And this is what I'm saying. So I've been sitting and thinking a lot or laying and thinking a lot. And um, there's a few things. There's like a bunch of things actually. Like, okay, my body is telling me something. I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. I'm going to look at it. Well, my body is telling me that something is off. Okay, so what could be off? Well, when I find that I start to kind of even open myself up to ask myself these questions, um, it's like new awareness comes to me. So one of the things is, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time researching back pain when I had my back pain to begin with. And I know, you know, a lot about different books and, and, and different methods and, and, and all of that. Um, I've tried a lot of different chairs and that sort of thing, but I kind of let myself kind of open back up to new information about, um, kind of more just like classic physical things that can cause back pain. And I was called to this image of this chair that was showing how two different chairs can affect how you're sitting. And I realized, oh my gosh, I've been sitting on this like really cool looking chair that has been doing this thing to my back that isn't good. And normally I would probably be okay with it because I had generally not been sitting for long periods of time, but because I'm like launching this new program or working, developing a new program, I've been sitting a lot. And so I've been sitting more than I usually would. And so I've been sitting on this chair and I've been feeling uncomfortable sitting on the chair, but I've been so focused on what I'm doing. I've not been listening to my body. Um, I, but I, as I thought back, I was like, gosh, I do remember I would like sit and I would kind of feel tense. So I would just kind of like, 
you know, readjust myself and then get back focused on what I was doing. And the problem is, though, that I had continued to do that. Um, now add in the fact that um, there were some other things that kind of happened. I think that, you know, the kind of working on this new pro- program has brought up a lot of stuff for me, kind of like inner stuff, like like old stuff. Um, and so there's been a lot of like, you know, awareness um, of feelings and things which uh, I've been working to just kind of, you know, to just kind of feel and express and process. But I also know that that can make me have tension in my body, um, you know, just innately. Sometimes I can just, I I try to work to release it, but I can just have tension. So if you combine somebody that is, you know, kind of feeling some tension and then sitting on a chair that's not supporting them um, in the right way and having stress, now you've got a recipe for, you know, a potential, um, a potential injury or a potential physical symptom, which in my case is this back pain. And, um, and so it kind of all, it kind of all came to me. Um, and there's, there's a whole bunch of other things too, like, um, like, uh, you know, just, I had a lot of stuff go on. I talked in this podcast about this year was the 10 year anniversary of my mom's passing. And so kind of like my own normal exercise regime had changed. And then my oldest son, um, he's home, they're both homeschooled and we changed the program. So I went right from like this situation with my mom to like a lot of new tension around starting a whole new program for my oldest son. Well, both my kids really, but there's kind of like more pressure on with my older son. Um, and, and so like, and then kind of not exercising. And what I'm trying to say is it was kind of like what I realized as I, I kind of like took the time to reflect on what is happening with my body and let it communicate with me, I started to see this picture emerge of how there are ways in which it's kind of like this whole potpourri or, you know, like this whole um, collection of things that kind of came together in this perfect storm that then caused my back to go out. And of course, hindsight's 2020, but now I'm, I'm here, you know, now I'm in this place. I've got a back that regardless of how it started, um, I'm now in the place where I'm in the midst of having back pain and I'm not, I'm not, you know, able to do things like I want to do them or, you know, would like to be able to do them. Right. So I'm dealing with all of that. And, um, and, you know, and there's a lot of feelings that can come up around that, right? Like I'm not doing, like, I haven't fed my horses in a couple of days. My husband's had to take it all on. I've not been able to feed any of my pets. I've not been able to help with dinner. Um, I've not been able to do, you know, anything. Um, and, and so, you know, there's a lot of emotion and feeling about that. And the thing that I know that 
I'm talking about in this episode is the idea that empowering ourselves, one way of empowering ourselves is also replenishing or rejuvenating ourselves. And what I've just described as this perfect storm, you know, is this way in which kind of unbeknownst to me, um, you know, because I do have so many practices that I do to empower myself and I try to actively empower myself and take care of myself and listen to myself and, and all of that. But still unbeknownst to me, this whole collection of things kind of happened to cause me to be in this state of this physical pain now. And it's a depletion that has happened. And what that means is that I am calling myself for a replenishment and for a rejuvenation. And so one of the first things that's really important for me to do, you know, is first of all, to be, you know, um, I used to word, use the word compassionate, but I realized that word implies pitying. And so I don't like that word now. Kind, kindness, to be kind towards myself about my situation. It is not going to help me at all to beat myself up for sitting in a chair that wasn't comfortable and not realizing that I was, you know, starting the issue with a a back problem, you know, um, to realize that I had, you know, stress that had been happening that I didn't realize was affecting me, um, to realize that, uh, you know, this combination of things kind of came together. Having kindness towards myself for all that has happened to date just letting myself be okay with it and be kind to myself in regards to it that it's okay it's okay that I sat in a chair that um you know that I didn't realize was not the best chair for me and now that I think back I'm like that's kind of why I would like change my positions, but I wasn't even really thinking about it. I wasn't really aware of it at the time. I was so engrossed in what I was doing. Um, being kind with to myself about this, being kind to myself about all the things that have led me to the moment that I'm at right now. So first of all, that is one of a huge thing when we are empowering ourselves and when we are in a place where our bodies or our minds or our spirits or our souls or whatever because they're all connected um are asking us to you know kind of to listen to something being kind to Maybe we weren't listening. Maybe we missed things. Maybe we hadn't been, you know, practicing. There is no perfect empowerment 
that happens. That's what I've discovered. There's no like, okay, I'm going to get this whole empowerment thing perfect. And then that's going to be it. And then I'm just going to be fully empowered. No, that's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. Empowerment, empowering yourself is an ongoing practice. And you learn more about how to do it based on you and where you're at. And if you get mad at yourself for where you've been before, or what you're seeing about maybe what you weren't aware of before, but now you're coming to that awareness of you're not empowering yourself. (laughs) You're actually not. Now you're adding to the pile of disempowerment on top of the disempowerment you were already doing. Do you understand? It would be kind of like me like being like, okay, well, I was experiencing this tension, experiencing this tension and this stress and this whatever. And, um, I'm, I'm now in this physical pain and I'm going to be mad at myself for all of it. Well, now I've got the madness towards myself, those feelings, um, on top of the physical pain, right? Like that is not serving me or doing anything for me. It is not empowering me. What is empowering me is when I say, okay, um, wow, yeah, I'm remembering now. I kind of wasn't feeling so good in that chair. Um, and now I know I'm not going to use that chair anymore. I mean, I'll just use this other chair. It's much better. Um, note to self, by the way, the reason I had changed chairs is because the one that like wasn't so good for me, actually, it looked cooler. And I kind of liked the look of it. And I was like, Oh, that's such a cool looking chair. And so I I went with that one instead of the ugly old chair that's much more supportive. But I didn't kind of really realize that at the time. But the thing is, none, nonetheless, now I know. And so I'm going to go back to the other chair, that's what I'm going to use. But I'm not going to be mad at myself about it. I'm going to be like, okay, now I know. Now I know. So I am accepting and allowing myself to be kind to myself for these choices. You know, allowing myself to be like, oh my gosh, well, I was also sitting for long periods in any chair. I'm not used to doing that. And, um, I was experiencing some stress because I'm doing some new things and it's bringing up a lot of stuff and, um, you know, allowing myself to be kind to myself about that as well. Letting the awareness come to me, letting myself see what it is that has caused this, but not beating myself up about it being kind to myself about it, being kind to myself about where I'm at now and what I'm now seeing that kind of like all came together to create this perfect storm of my back going out. And, you know, I could, I could go on and on and on about this because this is a huge, huge topic because, you know, there's so much, um, there's so much that we do, you know, it's not easy for us to often really be kind to ourselves about things that um, we become aware of that we don't like, you know, it's it's not something we're 
often taught to do very easily. So to me, it's something I'm always learning how to do better more and more and more. Um, But I want to shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk because I've talked about, you know, this idea of being kind to myself for how I got here. But I want to talk about, you know, also, now, what is it that I can do aside from continuing to allow myself to practice feeling kind to myself, you know, and breathing and accepting, you know, how things played out for me to be in this situation. But now, what else can I do? What else can I do to rejuvenate myself? Now, being kind to myself is rejuvenating. That in and of itself is empowering. It is rejuvenating of my power because it means my power and my energy, instead of kind of being like frozen and locked in place by me fighting myself, it's more flowing and free. So that is empowering. It is rejuvenating. It is serving me. But I want to talk about some more things. So some more things. Um, So I, for example, um, yesterday, I was like, oh, I just want to get you know, I just want to get past this. I want to be able to do these next things. I want to be able to work on this other thing. I want to be able to pick this thing back up. I want to be able to start doing things. And so I started, like, I started to feel better. And then I did too much. I did too much. And this, this was a really key thing, because what ended up happening is I regressed. I went from kind of like starting to be able to walk around to basically being back in really bad pain again. And it was a wake up call like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? So this whole idea of rejuvenating myself and allowing myself to rejuvenate, the big message here is for me to let myself be okay, not doing anything, or at least not having to do anything. Because there's a big difference between doing something that I feel like I can do in the moment and feeling like I have to do something. Oh, I have to work on that program. I have to help clean up the dishes. I have to do this. I have to do that. Well, if I don't feel like I can do that, but I feel like I have to, that's not rejuvenating that's not empowering. That's me locking up more of my energy and making it harder for my body to heal and for me to replenish. Okay. So this is something that, you know, I was doing yesterday kind of without even realizing it. So today I'm being kind again to myself and being like, okay, I pushed myself Oh, I did that yesterday. Okay, I see that now. I'm being kind to myself. And now what does that mean? It means me allowing myself to just be, to allow myself to, you know, whatever that is, you know, if it's reading a book, if it's, you know, just laying down, if it's just staring at a ceiling, if that's all I can do, letting that be okay. Um, what I ended up doing 
because I got, um, I got pretty tired of just like laying down and, and, um, reading, reading a book on my Kindle, um, was my husband helped me get set up on our couch in our living room, um, which is nice because we have a view of the mountain and, um, and I kind of got propped up with like all kinds of things like a heating pad and an ice pack and my cell phone charger and everything kind of like all right there around, you know, where I could reach for it and a, and a table for my laptop. Um, so that I could feel like if I want to do things, I can, but the, the trick here is not doing something because I have to do it, but only doing something if I feel like it would feel good and replenishing to do it. And this is the thing that is really, really key about what I'm talking about in this episode about when we are empowering ourselves and we want to replenish ourselves, right? It's not about what we often think. Um, it's often not about what we think think we should do not because our minds are bad but a lot of times our minds are kind of like hey let's you know let's still work on this program let's do this let's do that um is that really my mind in and of itself doing that no what that is is that's just kind of like old beliefs and old views like you gotta you gotta keep going you know you gotta you gotta make this happen you gotta make that happen you gotta do this that's just that's not my mind. It's what's come into my mind that has been part of old beliefs that are not serving me. And so in cases like this, what I find is I can appreciate my mind. There's nothing wrong with my mind. Um, But the question is, is a thought that comes through, is it, you know, does it feel good? Does it feel like that would feel good and replenishing and rejuvenating? You know, um, does it feel like it would feel good to do that? Um, sometimes it sometimes it gets confusing because you can feel like, well, it would feel really good to work on this program that I really want to get out. But the, sometimes the thing is, we're still caught up in that we have to do this certain thing versus what is it that truly feels good? And this can take some practice. This can take some um, practicing and seeing how we feel. But this is what's so key is, is having this kind of like inner awareness in this inner discussion with ourselves about making choices about our power, which is all about empowering ourselves, right? Um, you know, and, and empowering our creative and unique selves, because in this case, I'm a creator as in creating my life, creating my day, creating my experience. Do I want to create more, you know, physical pain and more, um, you know, back issues? Or do I want to create empowerment, which empowers my body to allow it to do the beautiful thing that my body is designed to do, which is to rejuvenate and to, you know, kind of heal itself. 
um, how can I support that process? And I can support that process by thinking about my energy and how am I managing it? And what is it that I'm going to do with the energy I have right now? And how am I going to respond to it? And can I make choices that feel rejuvenating and that feel good? Um, In this case, I actually, you know, decided to sit and do a podcast episode. And I I had a lot of back and forth. It's interesting because at first I was like, um, you know, I I need to record because I want to be able to get an episode out. And then I was like, no, I'm not recording. Um, And it was actually on a completely different topic. And then I let myself just let go and say, I'm not creating an episode and that's fine. Um, and just let it go. But as I was sitting there, I realized, you know what, I actually would feel really good sitting in this good chair. And um, it would feel really good for me to talk about this, to talk about this experience and to, to share it that, that I think that it would be helpful for those of you who are listening, but I also know it would be helpful for me. It would be helpful for me to sit in this chair because this particular chair is the good chair and sitting in it is kind of like causes me to have the good posture that's useful for me right now. And also it's beneficial for me to be talking and expressing energy, which allows this energy to flow and this rejuvenation to happen. And so I made a decision to come in here and record um, this episode. But what am I going to do when I'm done? I'm actually going to um, go back out on the couch and I'm going to lay down and do whatever it is that feels good next. And um, this podcast, this episode right now, I'm not going to worry about like, editing it or anything like that like I'm just going to save it and then whenever the next feeling comes up for when I feel like I you know feel inspired to work on it um, if I need to make any uh, these days I don't do a lot of editing anyway um, but if there's any like slight changes or anything like that I usually add the intro and the outro at the end so that it's some minor things that I have to do before I publish a an episode. And so I will wait to do that until I feel it is right. And I feel that it is rejuvenating to do that. So anyway, this is what I wanted to talk about today. And this is something I'm sure I'm going to be talking about a lot because, you know, our bodies are um, such an important, you know, mechanism that speaks to us uh, as part of empowering ourselves. And um, really what I've come to learn is that empowering ourselves, you know, is is a practice. Um, it's something that I'm continuing to learn how to do, you know, more and more all the time. Um, it's a practice. And, and the ways in which I do it or the awarenesses I have about myself and how to empower myself more change all the time. Um, you know, it's always expanding. And, um, 
And that's a wonderful thing, actually. It's, you know, it's a wonderful thing. But for today's episode, I really wanted to talk about this idea of rejuvenating, you know, rejuvenating our energy and tying it into physical symptoms. And, um, and hopefully, whenever I publish this episode, I don't know, you know, when this, this is slated to be episode nine, Um, we'll see when I publish it. And then, episode 10, hopefully I can give you an update on what happens, you know, and we're going to see what happens with my back. And we're going to, you know, kind of go from go from there. And I'll share that with you. So you can hear how I'm navigating this, you know, this journey of um, dealing with this physical symptom, and how I am utilizing my own awareness of what I have now about how to empower myself, how to continue to empower myself and rejuvenate my own power and revitalize my energy um, in the ways that I've been talking about in this episode. So that's what I'm going to leave it. Um, I'm going to leave it there for today's episode. Until the next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Creating from the Inside Out, Embracing and Empowering Our Unique and Creative Selves podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode or resonated with what I talked about or you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe to not miss any upcoming episodes. You can also share this information with anyone who also might resonate or benefit from this material. To learn more about my other offerings, you can visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com. dot